0: This is the Average Guy Network, and you've found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 441, recorded on April 16th, 2020. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the Average Tech Guy I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the guy.tv studios, and here Mike, a snowy Bellevue, Nebraska, I think with four to six inches, maybe in a weird freak spring snowstorm. Are you going to go out and uh, build any, st- it's perfect snowman uh, snow, right? The kids get out there.
1: The boys and I went out after dinner, and we threw some snowballs at the stop sign. We always have a competition. Obviously, theirs are going very far at three and two, but they like building it, and then they say it's free ice cream because we package it with a snowball, and they walk inside, and they eat it all night, and tonight's mm-hmm. snow, that wet, dense snow is perfect
2: for some free ice cream. Super, super good for that.
1: Mark, do you guys still have snow on the ground up there? You're up in no. Canada.
2: No. No, it, it was gone as of last week. Okay. And no, nothing, in,
0: nothing, nothing coming. Hopefully you got better weather, weather coming too.
2: Uh, we do. We'll get another week of this cold stuff. Like today it was just above freezing and a week from now um, they're saying it's going to be four or five degrees above zero minimums. Yeah. Don't so use finally. Celsius.
1: We don't know what that stuff, what
2: that's uh, based on freezing. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know what any of that stuff means. We're Americans. We don't understand
1: by nine divided by 15 plus 35. It's a weird like, form. isn't that the, it's, a weird the- formula. it's, it's yeah. Google. Yeah, that's
0: right. Yeah. yeah just our, hey Siri or whatever. Of course, we post the show with world class show notes. And uh, this time, if you're listening to the audio, you probably want to come out and watch the video on YouTube. We do have video RSS feeds. I haven't said this in a long time, but I have a video large and a video small. If that's something you want, I, I'd always encourage people to watch it on YouTube. But uh, I had some listeners say, Hey, can I just download the video? And okay, I, I guess that's okay. So, All of that is available at theaverageguy.tv slash subscribe if you want to get it done that way. You can also join us live on our mobile app, a great way to join us um, each and every week. Easiest way to find us live, by the way. Go to homegadgetgeeks.com. There's a big Android and iPhone button. Just choose those, download it, put it on your phone. Always have it in case of an emergency, and we thank our Patreon subscribers who help pay for that each and every month. Big thanks last week, John, Spencer, Unraid, Mike, maybe the most popular show we've had. I'm I'm not gonna lie. It was crazy what all the conversation that went on in Discord and Twitter about it this week.
1: You know the the prep for for this week's show has been enjoyable. I'll say that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we um so big thanks to John and Spencer who joined us from Unraid.
1: Oh last sorry, week. La- <laughs> gosh. <laughs> I, I was I was already <laughs> thinking about this week. Uh, about last sorry. Yes well, last week okay. about Unraid. Well, how, how many people down. were
2: in Discord started a new unraid build this week? Uh, 3 I, or 4 for yes. sure. Yeah. And yeah, some pretty powerful unraid builds. Yeah,
1: John I think wins for uh, biggest and baddest build. He posted his uh his new specs for the for the uh the build he's building now. He just Roll put it in the order today. Yeah, I was going to say, go big or go home puts all of us to shame, I think, with the uh, with his new setup. But no, last week, I think, sparked a lot of good conversation. I've been enjoying a lot of you guys on the Unraid channel on Discord, uh, asking questions, talking about tips and tricks. I think everyone's just been uh, helping everyone out there. I know John got a lot of good tips from everyone on his build, on what he ordered. I think a lot of other people have been posting questions. So love the the talk out there. So keep, keep putting it out there if you guys are interested in Unraid. Use that channel out there. Post questions. Anything. Uh, talk about it. Mark, have
0: you uh, you got Unraid running anywhere? In, dual. In your... Dual.
2: What does that mean? I have two Unraid servers. <laughs> 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 well, I knew I knew dual meant two, but I was. I oh, know of... I have I have one uh, that when I first got Unraid is like six two I think, and I had a package where you you bought one for eighty bucks and you got a second for a hundred, okay. like twenty bucks more. It was it was a. Almost like buy one, get one at 30%. Yeah. So I bought two. uh, I set one up right away, ran it for about a year and a bit, upgraded the processor, ran it again, got the second one running as a backup using completely spare parts I had around the house so I could back up my wife's pictures on multiple uh, systems. And then uh, the second one hasn't been ran in probably three years. But the primary just got upgraded again to the pro so i can have uh unlimited drives on it it's running now a Xeon, 24 giga ram um two hba cards uh it's and now a 16 or so now a 1060 to do right now do folding at home but eventually do um encoding transcoding
0: nice, nice.
1: Yeah, and and I love that Lopta too has has he he's like on the opposite end, right. He's doing like okay, <laughs> Adam Power for shelter. Yeah, yeah, Adam. It's an Adam two thirty board and that he's running it on, and I, I agree. So we have people on all ends of the spectrum doing like, hey, what can I run this thing? Like, what are the min specs? And I think I think Lopta hit it out of the park with that That's one. A, yeah. And then you got like John over here building like more powerful, ten times more powerful than like the rig I'm podcasting on right now uh, for his Android build. So the community here is so much fun because they're doing all sorts of builds. It's been, it's been fun to yeah. watch. Yeah,
0: it has been good. And I've enjoyed the conversation. And it always sparks a lot of excitement when we do that. And so, by the way, the contest that's going on, if you want one of those uh, unraid, um, what do we call the stickers? the They're not pillows, but they're badges. That's what they're called. For your box, uh, take a picture of what you're building, even if you're in the midst of it, John. Take some pictures. Be creative. I'll be selecting some of the best pictures out. Jump on Twitter. Send me an Unraid official an email with the not an email, a Twitter, a tweet. There we go with the picture. <laughs>
1: that beer is coming fast. I'm I was going to say, say <laughs> uh, well, I, I jumped to this week's show when you were talking about last week's show. So, you know what? Let's just reset oh. and we'll start now. So, How strong is that beer?
0: I I don't know. It's <laughs> only a 6%. That's the sad part. Stronger than I anticipated. Um, So, take a picture, send it to us on Twitter, copy me, put uh, Unraid official on there, and I'll be selecting a few of those. And Unraid will be sending those out. So thanks to John and Spencer for doing that as well. We appreciate that. Of course, Tony Raynor joined us uh, as well last week. Tony, thanks for jumping in and being a part of the show. We always appreciate it. All right. And he and now, started
1: a new build too. He Just yeah, throwing that out there. Yeah. Yeah. He just started a new build this week, I think. Or uh, he's going to do it after he was done with his seven seven days on. So I think he actually just started, though. I think he's running on a nuck, is what he said. So excited. Everyone has started. Unraid builds after last week, and it makes me very, very
0: happy inside. No, that's super great, uh, uh, Ryan, who's been on the show before. So same here, uh, Brian. Can't decide if I want to stick on VMware or build an Unraid. And the answer is both. You do both. That's that's just what? Ryan. You got a bunch of equipment there.
1: You can, that's true. You, could, that's you true. could totally do
0: that. Yeah, and so <laughs> like it, this, this, stuff it gets insane pretty fast as we think about what's available out there. But um, uh, uh, anyways. If, you're, if you missed last week's show, it's probably worth going back to. From here on out, it's going to be all barbecue, so we'll set the tech aside. Well, Mike's going to bring some tech in as we talk about it. But, Mark, good to have you back on. Good to catch up with you. Welcome to Home Gadget Geeks. Thank okay. you. I think it's my fifth or sixth. I think so. I'm going to owe you a T-shirt here pretty quick, I think, uh, uh, for this. We always bring you on uh, to talk about it. In the past, we've had Mike Coward on as well. Of course, Mike's not – feeling well. Uh, and, and so we, our thoughts and prayers go out to Mike as he's, as he's battling cancer. Um, uh, Mark, we always reach out to you. You're, I always like, I always see your stuff coming in Twitter. I mean, on Facebook and just some of the stuff that, uh, that we do. And it's always super delicious. One of the things I wanted to kind of lead with tonight, cause we're, you know, we're in the middle of this, this COVID-19 situation and, you know, many of us have been isolated or or on lockdown or in quarantine, whatever you want to call it. And I don't know about you, but for me, like my cooking has gone to a whole different level because my wife is still working. She's still going out. She's in healthcare. She's still going out and doing the things that she needs to do. And so my daughter and I have kind of taken over the cooking responsibilities. And so I've begun to think a little bit more now about what we're eating. But as before I was kind of like, oh, what's for dinner? You know, it's kind of the knucklehead caveman, you know, what's for dinner? And over the last couple of years, I've gotten uh, more uh, more, and more involved in that. We've always looked at this idea of grilling and smoking, and as I've always thought, kind of a premium experience. But in all actuality, it might be actually the most economic way to look at meat when we think about it in bulk. Agree or disagree with me, Mark, on that.
2: Is it, is it, it Can it be economy uh, in, in large quantities? It depends on the cuts of meat you're getting, but most of the stuff that barbecue originated by cooking low and slow because they were cheap cuts of tough meat. It's evolved now. So that's not like chicken wings used to be a penny a piece, right? Now they're not, now you're paying 10 bucks for 10 wings. Like it's the stuff that was the offshoot is now the high end stuff. Lobster used to be garbage. Now it's, it's top of the line. Um, so buying a cut of meat like um, a pot roast or, or a pork shoulder or a brisket used to be the really tough, long pieces. that You had to braise and you had to cook really slowly for a long time. Um, they're still some of the cuts are still cheap, but then you're finding other stuff like they're get, you're getting into um, the a, a type of raising a pork where they're calling it. It's the the pork the pig always has a happy life. Like they're, they're doing this thing where it's the uh, the heritage pork where you're paying fifteen dollars a pound for the for the pork shoulder okay, um, okay. You, you get that stuff it's gonna make it expensive the yeah. stuff i'm buying typically is three dollars a pound canadian which is like a buck fifty for you guys or yeah. two bucks for you guys and if i were looking for a couple cuts of meat just right off the top of your head what today it, it, and i was gonna get you know i wanted to jump into this what are some good cuts to start with you can always find pork shoulder on sale okay um like Mike can vouch for what he paid for it because he did one the other day. I think we're paying, we typically try and get them for three bucks a pound around Chinese new year. We can get them for a buck a pound. Um, we bought them before at a buck a pound and put them in the freezer and then pull them out in the summer, just wrap them up and foil and saran wrap and wrap, pull them out in the, in the summer and fire them up. And like I've done a 19 pound pork shoulder before um, brisket, I get for about five bucks a pound. Um, and that you lose about uh, 25% the trimming. Uh, And then you probably lose about another 20% to just evaporation, but you're still paying about a dollar or 50 or $2 a pound for what people are going to eat. So we'll get like a 19 pound brisket, trim it down to 16 ish pounds and walk away with about 12 pounds Uh, and jerky. I um, I do jerky. I buy about 15 pounds at a time. I trim about three pounds off and I end up with about six pounds of cured jerky. Now, when you say you're buying jerky, like, I've never really understood this, and maybe others haven't
0: either. What kind of – is that special meat you're buying just for that? We're going to talk about it a little bit later, but what are you buying to make jerky?
2: Uh, eye of round. Okay. Either eye of round or outside round. And You've got,
0: you've got a picture. Let's see if, yeah. we can get, if we can get to that. Go ahead.
2: So that's one of them. That's the, that's the trimmed out ones. And what's um, it called? Eye of round or eye outside round. round. Okay. And that's um, – let me see if I can actually rotate this. Uh, it's not going to work, is it? Yeah. So that's what we call it in Canada, but, uh, the Canadian butchers and U S butchers have different price, different uh, terminology. Mm-hmm. Um, but we pay about three bucks a pound for that. So it's pretty cheap.
1: And when I think of jerky, I think of like, that's gotta be one of the longest cooks you do. Is that right? Or is it more no. higher heat, shorter?
2: No, it's about uh, five or six hours uh, per batch.
1: And you're just slicing it super thin? Is that the thing or, or yeah. what?
2: So let me see if I can find some. There's the peppers I put into it. Uh, that's how thin it goes. So that's my jerky rack about to go on. So they're about a quarter inch thick when you start off. So you're getting the meat hole. You're cutting it down to a quarter of an inch. Right? Yeah. Okay. Marinating it. Yep. And then cooking it for about five or six hours at 250.
0: How long in the marinade?
2: Uh, two or three days if you want to. Okay. The and, recipe and, I call for is a day, but the, you can do two or three days. Do you make your own marinade? Do you buy, yeah. you buy a brand of it? Can you buy nope. a brand? Can you just buy? Well, the, the brand teri- is like a teriyaki. I, I, you can, this okay. is made, this is called, um, uh, Dr. Pepper jerky. Um, and there's a, there's a girl who has a recipe online for it, but if you do a search for Dr. Pepper jerky, it's Dr. Pepper, onion powder, garlic powder, a couple other things. Those are the peppers I put into it. And then I, the first time I made it in the house, my wife came home after the stuff was marinating. Um, and it was uh, it basically, basically made a, uh, a pepper spray in the house. So she walked <laughs> in and started coughing. So I wasn't allowed to do it in the house anymore. So now what I do is I, I reduce down the sauce because that's one of the key things. You have to reduce down the sauce. I reduce it down and then I chop peppers up and put them in raw. I don't bother boiling them with it to reduce them down with it. And then I put in some um, stupid hot, hot sauce on top of that. So it, it makes jerky that's, you got to be a pepperhead to like it. Okay. So I bring it to work won't. and it's safe.
0: You could, <laughs> you, but you could, you could make a version of that that's not necessarily hot and spicy, right? That way
2: you could. Well, the, the Dr. Pepper jerky normally is not. Okay. I've made it, okay. I've cranked it up to the point where it's, I like yeah. it. Yeah. And it puts a sweat on my, I like peppers and it puts a sweat on my forehead. But the, stu- the standard stuff, the standard recipe is not spicy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so you, my mouth water. Just like no, looking I at know. that and hearing you talking about like the hotness of it, I'm a huge hot fan as well. Oh man, it's the thing. Of my mouth water. And, and you
2: think about what you pay for jerky. Jerky is expensive,
1: it extremely is. expensive yeah, for like really. the tiniest amount of jerky too.
2: Yeah, so I do. I'm doing six pounds of jerky, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it was costing me uh, what's this? So it was uh, say forty bucks in meat, and about another seven or eight dollars and stuff. So about uh, probably about $35, $30 Canadian or U S sorry, complete. Yeah, right. And you're looking, you're getting six pounds of homemade jerky.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's and less a, than a pretty economical way to get it done. Um, from yep. that. so you're taking that meat, you're slicing it down, you, you're showing it on racks. Yeah. Right. So you're marinating it
2: first. Yep. Then it's going on a rack, right? Yep. And then what? I uh, put it on the barbecue for, Five hours a batch, so I can fit all those four racks in my barbecue at once. Okay. Um, and when I'm doing it, that I do two batches. So those two those two roasts will give me two batches. Okay. Um, and then I pull it out, and I vacuum seal it in one-and-a-half-pound bags and stick it in the freezer. Okay. And, and then pull say, out a pound. Say I didn't
0: have the big grill that you have, but I've I've just got an average size grill. Maybe in I can do two, two racks. I could do it in the oven. But if I wanted to do it on the grill, what would I – what, what kind of temperature? What I kind of want to 250. set that to: two hundred and fifty. And are you adding smoke to it when you're doing it? Okay. No, just straight. Could I, if I wanted to? Yeah. Could I add smoke if yeah. I wanted to? You could add liquid smoke in the marinade if you wanted to. Okay. And and two two and liquid smoke is just a it's just a flavor, right? That I'm, yeah. I'm putting in there to kind yeah. of give it that smoky flavor. We've talked about liquid smoke
2: here before. Um, two hundred and
0: fifty for how
2: long? It's it's uh, it's a texture more than time. Okay. It takes about five or six hours, but you want it to where you can sort of start pulling it apart. And then the trick is you put it in Ziploc bags or like I have in bowls here, uh, right there, and just let it air dry a little bit. Because if you put it in a Ziploc bag and close it up, you're going to get all the moisture is going to come back out of the meat and go inside of the bags. So let it air dry for an hour or so and then uh, vacuum seal it and it freezes fantastic.
0: Do I have to vacuum seal it? I mean, could I could I just yeah, leave it in, in the bags fridge. and get as much air out as I can and throw them in? Or yeah,
2: okay. I, I vacuum seal it because it keeps it fresh. Yeah. yeah so um, what I typically do is I vacuum seal the bags. I, when I want to eat it, I pull the bag out, I put it in a ziploc bag, and I put it in the freezer. And I pull a couple of pieces off, let it defrost on the counter for half an hour, then I go and eat it when I want to eat it.
0: Now you say a couple pieces, like I'm used to jerky. When I see when I buy jerky
2: in the store, it's kind of in strips. Yeah, it's a different we're way of cutting it. We're looking more out. at jerky steaks. So do you, do you cut these down into strips then? No, I, I'll take a couple of those quarter-inch round pieces. Yeah. So it's about okay. uh, three inches diameter. Okay. By a quarter inch, and start cooking it, and it's about an eighth of an inch when it's done. So it's it's like a a little, it's like a piece of uh, Canadian bacon. Mm-hmm. It's like a round disc of jerky.
0: Okay. okay. And you just just tear it right off the bite it and rip just it. Tear tear it right off. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes. That that makes sense, Mike. What do you think? I like. I want to go make some jerky. Right
1: I, I that's I'm I'm planning out my run tomorrow to High I'm gonna get the eye of the round, and we're gonna start making some jerky. Probably tomorrow pepper, actually I'm get back
2: some boys.
0: Well, and this is the thing, so pretty economical, a pretty good snack, a pretty good protein snack to have around.
2: And, Low fat, high protein.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah. And and Mark, one of the one of my thoughts is like, okay, not okay. And we said this last week, too. Not everybody gets to stay home. Like in and, and if you're out there and you're in healthcare and you're working and you're in the public, listen, we appreciate what you're doing out there. I don't I never want to give any indication that we're somehow favoring those folks that get to get home or make light of the sacrifice that our folks who go out and are working in the public and spending time helping the public and in healthcare, I mean, you guys are really the heroes through all this. So I don't, I don't want to make any light of that, but there are a bunch of people at home at this point who, you know, I'm kind of thinking this is where I'm at. I'm kind of in lockdown. And I, the other day I was thinking like I could easily put something on in the morning and, and, you know, monitor it throughout the day. Right. And then get six or seven hours on the smoker.
1: Right, Mike. That's how I've been doing it. I mean, this has been, so this past week leading up to, uh... When you asked me about last week's episode, I answered about this week's. <laughs> I was talking about how you know being quarantined at home, uh, so I was prepping for this week. I'm like, you know what? We got a barbecue all week. So we did. We did. Uh, we did a roast. Um, we did pulled pork. What else did we do? Um, I can't remember all. We, we did three different cooks all week, and it's the same. Th- but yeah, you're right. It's being able to stay at home, be able to monitor it. Uh, you know, and 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 just enjoy the smell and, really is my big yeah. thing. I love being able to like, okay, boys, let's go outside for a little bit. Go outside just ah, oh, just breathe it in. There's nothing better, and it fills the neighborhood because I can always tell when my neighbors are smoking because that smell just wafts around. There's nothing better than that That's, That uh, smell. Of, first of all, it's the wood. You know it's an early cook if you just smell the wood, and then as that meat flavor starts to get in, you know they're getting closer. You're like, hey, I'm going to head over to that neighbor's house because they've got something good on the grill. When that pork
2: shoulder was done on... Uh... I'm just moving over to it on Sunday. Yeah. So when the pork shoulder done on Sunday, you couldn't, when you woke up in the morning, it went on at 11 o'clock at night. Um, at 8 o'clock in the morning, we still smelled wood. We didn't smell the uh, smoke. It didn't smell the meat yet. We still smelled the smoke. At about 11 o'clock, so about 12 hours in, we started smelling the, the, the pork smell coming off the meat. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, mm-hmm there's nothing better no and the other good part about being home too is you get to let it so this was the first time i was telling you guys pre-show um you know usually i'm cooking for an event and i have not been good i have not learned from mark in cooking ahead of time because i never know how to how do i keep this hot but not put it in the fridge and let it get cold so i've always cooked like right up to the point where we're gonna eat and usually for me that means rushing at the end right cranking up the temp rushing at the end. So this last pork but I did just uh, the other night, I let it go because I'm going to be home anyway. I let it just ride. And that took 16 hours. Something that I probably rush into 12, 13 hours. It ran for 16, actually almost 16 and a half hours. Just staying on 225 the entire time. Let it go till it 203 is my temp that I like for our pulled pork. And uh, it made the world of difference. And I'm talking massive difference. Hannah was like, what did you do differently? This is the texture, the consistency, everything. I'm like, honestly, it was just not rushing at the end, letting it go all the way, and really letting it hit 203, honestly. Not like, eh, it's like 195, I'm going to pull That's it. That's a huge it's difference. It's yeah. a, That 8 degrees, yeah. you think, okay, what's between yeah. 195 and 203? 203. Yeah. 203 throughout the entire cut of meat made the biggest difference. That stuff, I didn't even need my, like, I call them, what do you call them, the the claws The claws. I didn't need the claws I put on my gloves and I just pulled it apart and it was just didn't even need the when you don't need those makes a huge difference so uh, yeah I've learned a lot just from having the time to honestly devote because I that's the one thing I've always struggled with with barbecue is I struggle to have the time Uh, but when you have it man does that make a difference and is it delicious do
2: it the opposite way finish it so it finishes at noon and let it sit and wrapped in a cooler for five hours
1: that's what this, so that's what this was. Yeah, okay. actually, it finished. Um, it finished at ten a.m. and we yeah. didn't eat it till at night. So I put it in a cooler from ten a.m. to four p.m. Uh, yep. and then I pulled it out and pulled it. And maybe that was the difference too. That's maybe letting difference. it set for that long is that the difference?
2: Yeah, we did one one time New Year's Eve. Um, I, I had my timing all screwed up. So the thing instead of being done at like eleven o'clock in the morning, got done at five o'clock in the morning. So it was minus thirty out. I'm pulling this freaking. Uh, Pork shoulder off the barbecue, my pajamas at five o'clock in the morning, wrap it up in a in a foil, put it in the cooler. We drove two hours that day in minus thirty weather. So we wrapped it at five o'clock in the morning. We had it for lunch at one o'clock, and the thing just fell apart. It was just it was still 160 degrees yeah. seven hours later. Yeah.
1: And so you didn't pull it. You just wrapped it tin foil, wrapped it yep. in a towel, put it in the cooler, yep. drove, and then pulled it when you Yeah, I think that was the difference because yeah. it was yeah. The most tender, fall off the bone, uh, just just a tad of pink, which I think I had way too much pink in my previous cooks. Um, I almost want to apologize to anyone who came to my house for the first two years that I was learning to smoke and be like, please, will you give me another shot? Like, come over one more time. I promise, my ribs won't be dead dry. My pulled pork will be way better because. You know you're really excited when you first get a smoke you're like, oh, come on over, I made a pork butt it's really good you start inviting people over and then like two years, three year, I, I might be three years in now you're like, oh God, I feel so bad for those people who ate my first like round of pork. I learned so uh, much you do you learn and I get mark honestly from you your recipes and your pictures that you post, things like that I learned from that I, I've been doing a lot more Google foo, right and then it's it there's just nothing that can replace practice. No, how how many have you done on your grill? You and no can, stress, and yeah, barbecue is a no
2: stress. Yeah, yes,
1: and and how many have you been able to do? Because you can Google and you can know, you can have all the data. Everyone's grill is different. Everyone's times different. Knowing how to do it, knowing how your you know, knowing what to look for in your meat uh, is it's just it, it takes so much time. I think in ten years from now, I'll have a whole nother level of like, oh wow, I had no idea what I was doing three years in.
2: Yeah, like I've I got to the point now where I, I want to try and have the meat done early to mid-afternoon. So I'll figure out the, the outside end of that time window and plan that for 2 o'clock in the afternoon for 6 p.m. dinner. So if it's done at 10 o'clock in the morning, I don't care. You wrap it up. If, it doesn't matter if it's pulled pork or brisket. We did ribs the other day and they were done in three and a half hours because you never know. The thing about barbecue is it's done when it's done. Right. Yeah. So I, I could have left the uh, – I think the ribs are right yeah, right there. Yeah, right there. Yeah. Um. I kind of left those on longer. Those were pulled them out of the freezer, let them defrost uh, overnight, um, sprinkled them with um, Suckle Busters SPG, and throw them on. And they were done in three and a half hours. We wrapped them up, we sat on the counter for a couple hours, and then we ate them for dinner. And they're still warm when we ate them, and they were juicy and tender and fall apart. And-,
1: I think- and that's the hard part, too, is getting to the point where you're at, Mark, where you know okay, they've been on for three hours. I don't care. I know that they're done. I'm going to pull them off. Whereas me, I struggle with that still. I'm like, I still do my three, two, one. Now my one at the end, I know is totally optional, right? After the three, two, usually I'm like, okay, after I've wrapped them for two hours, they can probably come off. But I've ended up with some very overdone ribs. I never wrap. You don't. Okay. So I do three three straight on, two wrapped and then I usually do one hour open depending on if they need it and all my ribs I'll be honest I haven't perfected ribs they always end up a little bit on the dry side uh, so still my, good but my recipe dry. is:
2: my recipe is you throw them on at whatever temperature you want like 180, 200, 225 whatever some more smoking temperature right Yeah. you cook them until you grab them with a pair of tongs you bend them and they break when you start seeing that meat break when you bend them they're done
1: Got it. So, you, so no you, wrap, you're just no... open, no wrap, anything. Just keep them on the whole time.
2: Yep. They're, they're not much harder to do than port butt. The only hard part is figuring out when they're done. And if you want to sauce them, you sauce them about half an hour before you start getting their breakage. So you got to figure out when they're starting to break, but not at the breaking point yet.
1: Do you ever end up with really dark, black unders? So like when no. I put them on, I feel like my first two hours, for some reason, even though I'm on indirect heat, and I think I fixed this. We'll talk about this later. Quick tip for uh, fixing a pellet grill when your temperatures are way off, but my my bottoms when I put them uh, rib side bone side down just charred almost, and the top is just now finishing up.
2: Hmm. So that almost like, sounds you like you're missing the you're missing one of those deflect like yeah. the Traeger grill and the RecTech I have both have a they have a plate over top of the fire pot and then they have the drip pan on top of that, so there's yep. two layers of diffusion. It almost sounds like you're missing one of those layers.
1: Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I have. I have actually, and mine has. So mine has the fire pot. It has the box over top of that, the drip pan. And my drip pan is two pieces, and you can slide it to allow direct heat or indirect heat. So yeah. it opens up the hordes and closes them. So it's two pieces of steel in there, whatever or whatever it's made out yeah. of. Um, and and yeah, it's just it's caused. I think I fixed it since then. I have not tried a rack rib since I fixed. So here, I'll, this is a perfect time to interject it. Um, my grill, for some reason, my, I use a green mountain grill, same as a Traeger, essentially just a different brand of pellet grill. Um, what I did not know was I am, I am meticulous about cleaning that thing out, right? Going in, cleaning out the firebox. They say to do it every one to two bags. I, I do it about every bag, vacuum out that firebox, load it up with some, some new pellets, things like that. Uh, what I did not know was how important it is for that firebox. So when you put your little box over the, uh, what do you call it? The pot? Right? Fire That's pot, really yeah. The deflector over the fire pot. The deflect over the fire pot. Uh, at least on the Green Mountains. I don't know if Traeger runs the same way, but there's this little box that you put over that. There is a very precise measurement that you need to do from side to side because it deflects the smoke a certain way. And what that affects is your temperature, your thermostat in your grill that says, hey, the grill is this temp. So, I'm good. I don't need to turn on the fan. Or, hey, the grill's a little cool. I need to turn on the fan. Well, the way I had it set, I just threw it in there. I had no idea that had any impact on it. I threw it in. I had it way too far to the left, which cranked the smoke to the right away from the thermostat. So, my grill thought it was always under temp. So, it was cranking. And so, even though my grill thought it was 225, I realized it was like, 325 almost 100 degrees hotter because it wasn't sensing all that heat because the heat was going straight to the right and the right is where my smokestack is right up the stack and out the grill never hitting the thermostat so thermostat didn't realize it was that hot so there are certain things in there and I think that's why honestly I was charring some of those things because I think the temperature inside the grill uh, was a little bit hotter had I been using a thermostat that would have known the grill temp versus the meat temp I would have known uh, but until then, I really, I really hadn't been using that in this season with the new problem. So just a little tip uh, for a gr- grill, if you are a Green Mountain Grill user, and you're, if you're a Jim Bowie Green Mountain Grill user, it's 9.25 inches you need to have that thing from the left i mean it's it's that precise so that they know hey if you have a 9.25 your that's going to pick up the correct temp so kind of interesting i don't know mark if you've run into anything weird like that that you didn't realize but i thought my grill was completely broken and when i called green mountain grill they walked me through that we we fired it up sure enough it um picked up the right temps and it was fine
2: the only thing i noticed was on the rec tech has no problems at all with it um that's out of all, bang for the buck, that grill is, is built better than anything I've seen. Uh, everything on it is heavy-duty, stainless steel, Doesn't hasn't warped. It's the one I have. I bought used. It had five years of competition on it before I got it, and I've had it for three or four years. And it, the thing is just a tank. The Traeger, where the RTD is to pick up the temperature, um, one trick I've run for about three years is you put a folded-up uh, paper towel roll behind it, so it doesn't get doesn't pick up the temperature of the metal behind it. It just picks up the actual temperature of the heat of the of the uh, chamber. Um, the other thing is when you're measuring temperature, you want to do it. You want to put your thermometer close to the tip of the RTD that the uh, your grill is using. So that you're if you're trying to see if it's close or not, you got to measure it from the same spot that it's actually using it from. Right. Because depending where you put it, if you're doing grill level, if you're six inches higher in than grill level, if you're near the fire bot, not near the fire bot you're going to get a variation of 25 or 30 degrees.
1: That's uh, true. Yeah, because I know that now when I put – so I use the meter, M-E-A-T-R. Yeah, the, the was, wireless thing. The wireless one. Yeah, love that. But um, it's great because it's wireless. But I know that, I mean, the, the, the ambient is what they call it. The ambient temp that's picking up from right outside the meet – it's going to be less than what my grill is set at because that's obviously way higher because I stick mine straight on top, sometimes to the side, straight on top. And usually I'm middle to right, where my thermostat's on the left. And at, at first, if you don't think of this through, it makes you go crazy. Like, why is my ambient saying it's 212 2- when my grill's set at 225? Well, it's because it's, it, it's a way to the They're right and up. Way. It's not in yeah. the same spot as, as where it would be.
0: You know one of the, one of the things I think it's really important is you guys are talking specs on individual you know devices and they all are different. Even similar products set up a little bit different. Mike, you you kind of learned this. Even similar products set up either incorrectly or a little bit different can cause different results. I think for me the key has been to know my gear. So to yes. use it enough, Mark, you've in the shows in the past. You know you're you're still trying to get me on a Weber to do charcoal. We, we You send me prices all the time. In fact, you know the prices better in Bellevue than I do. And I'm going to, I'm going to eventually get there, but I have been focusing on, you know, I have a 1997 sunbeam grill that I have retrofitted with, with, I have a cast iron burner and I have deflectors in there that basically make it kind of a, it gives me the ability to control the temperature in there much better than when it was just an open grill. Right. And so it's, it's still kind of focused, it kind of still works as a grill, but it really is a better smoker than anything else. I've kind of made it a smoker, right? I use, Mike uh, Howard got me using the the tube, what do we call those? Mark? Amazing smoking tube. The amazing smoking tubes that are in there. I've got a bucket, uh, uh, you know, five-gallon bucket with a lid that's got hickory um, pellets in there that I just fill that thing up with and throw it on the grill. Mike taught me to get that started I was burning that thing up in about an hour. He's like, no, 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 no. That should last you five, four, five, six hours, right? So all that stuff I needed practice on, and I needed to learn my grill. Like, I needed to learn how does my grill work. I think I can make great stuff. I made pork shoulder for my wife's birthday just a month ago, which feels like about 10 years ago, just to be honest. We had pork shoulder um, because of all the pork shoulder we talked about here on the show. And, um, And I made it on the grill in seven hours. And and it, it was good. I wish now. Now I now that I know God I need to wrap that thing. Like I need to start it even earlier so I can wrap it for three hours. That's my takeaway from you guys tonight, right? But Mark, I think the key on all this, and Mike, I hear what you're saying, is you gotta practice some of this stuff. You gotta you gotta be willing to go out and give it a try, right? You gotta you're gonna make a few mistakes, right, Mark? You I'm sure you made a few <laughs> yeah, mistakes. Yeah,
2: we've had bombs. We've had some that were like and we had people over and like, yeah, I'm gonna do ribs. And all of a sudden they're not good. Or yeah. we entered a the rib contest one time in our neighborhood and went to Costco, one week got ribs and it was three racks. Went to Costco, another week got ribs. It was two racks for the same weight. So the ribs were significantly meatier. Right, right. It was taking me eight hours to get baby backs done, which is typically four right. and the contest is at seven. I'm like, yeah, no problem. I got plenty of time. Yeah. And I'm cranking up temperature and crank it up, <laughs> trying to get the thing going faster and faster. Because it was meat done when it's done. You can't rush it.
0: Well, and what you've taught me, Mark, over the years, and I have learned like every time we have you on, every year we do this, I learn something new it is this. Is that there's not a big difference between grilling and smoking in the sense of using the grill. It's really the heat, the amount of heat you use, and the length of time that it's on there. And, and low and slow has been, man, that has been a revolution for me in my own cooking in other words giving it more time putting the meat on even when i cook turkeys now for thanksgiving or whatever i want to give that thing just as much time as i can and get it at the lowest possible temperature i can within reason to let that thing just sit and and cook not a difference necessarily in the in the um in the contraption i used the same grill You know, when I cooked it in three hours, when I used to cook a turkey in three hours, and now I'm shooting for like five, if I can, maybe six. And now I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to start like, I'm going to get up at two, let that thing go for seven, wrap it up and let it sit for two, right? That way. And just let that meat continue to kind of cook off the bone. So it just falls off. Right. So don't get confused. Don't get confused. Grilling and smoking aren't all that different in the sense, I mean, if you're going to smoke it and you want to have smoke flavor, you got to get something to, in there to kind of create the smoke. But I could
2: do this without smoke, right? I could low and slow in the oven if I wanted to, Mark? Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, everybody does, or a lot of people do um, crock pot pulled beef or po- crock pot pulled pork. Um, the difference between doing crock pot pulled pork and doing pulled pork in the grill is all the fat that comes out the pulled pork in the crock pot is what it soaks in. Yeah. You do it on the grill, it all falls off. That's the biggest difference between doing that, it in the oven. So
0: better or worse? or what, what, I don't what, like it in the crock pot.
2: Okay. Man, okay. Um, even doing what Mike said, doing it at 195 to 203. I took a cooking class one time from a guy that I respect. He, he's a, a champion winning um, barbecue competitor. He does this pull pork to, to 195. And then he pulls it all apart. And he's pulling chunks of fat out that I haven't rendered yet. And he says, well, this is part of the reason why you do it at 195. You can pull these out and he's discarding them for the competition but if you ever go to a Kansas city barbecue society judging school, they'll actually say, you don't want to eat the, the food. You get served as judge. You don't want to eat that every day as barbecue. It's too much. It's too rich. It's too, um, I was just a, a steak picture. It's too rich. It's too flavorful. It's too over the top. Um, if it's everyday food, you don't want it like that. Yeah. So he, he does his to one ninety five and pulls out the fat pieces. I cook mine to two Oh five and all the fat renders out. Right. Mm-hmm. So my pulled pork on that, Picture at the end, that picture there. That pork is really lean. There's almost mm-hmm. no fat in it. By the time you're done, like if you, you can empty out that lasagna pan, and there's not a lot of grease sitting in the bottom yeah. of it.
0: You're letting it, it on the grill. You're letting the fat drip into the burner, right? At this point, you're not cooking. It's pan it in a, onto a drip pan. In a pan. Well, it, a it drops
2: pan. onto yeah. a drip pan. Right. But so the way the smoke, the pellet grills work is, is the grill. Right. And then there's a drip pan, and then there's a heat deflector right. underneath that. So all the grease runs off the drip pan to the end and into a bucket. Yeah. In, in and- my grill,
0: so I have a traditional uh, sunbeam that's got kind of the grilling surface on the bottom, and then it's got a second layer on the top. I could put that pork shoulder or whatever on the very top level and put a drip pan underneath it, right? And, and then get that thing up to, in, in my case, I set it all the way almost, not quite all the way down, but to the very lowest setting. I I have a Wi-Fi or I have a Bluetooth thermometer as well that I put in there and it, and kind of tested some various things so I kind of know okay this is the best temperature to kind of have it at but I could do it that way right if if I didn't have a traditional smoker um, I, I could put it that way and let it drip right into the pan underneath I never thought of doing that but that'd work right
2: you could do that or you could actually put a a uh, like a steel casserole pan with a um, a cookie sheet not a cookie sheet one of those uh, cooling trays. Mm like, you know the grill the yep. metal grills yeah put that on put the pork on top of that then you have another layer of heat deflection between your pork and your ah, that's a good idea and gets well, it just a little bit off the grill a good and idea. all the juices fall into the pan it's a great idea cuz
1: my pork butt and I'm done I lift it off there's actually a whole layer of fat on the sticks to the grate that I like it pulls off that entire bottom layer of fat that the the thick part that obviously hasn't rendered down and uh he, he, Mark's here to give you the advanced tips. I'm here to give you the rookie tips. <laughs> if you're on a pellet smoker, lay some tinfoil down yes. on your on your drip trays. Because I I just started doing that, Mark. I don't know if you'd believe. Like, I just I ordered new trays for this year because I'm like, you know what? I'm so sick. These things are disgusting. They're so hard to clean. Grease from that stuff is just stuff to clean off. I started to lay. I've So on all the smokes I've done this year. I've had just tinfoil laid down. It can last one or two smokes, depending on how, long, and maybe even more. I don't know. I did one or two, and just pull it off, and your your trays are new. Words make any difference on the cook? Um, it doesn't. It doesn't affect it on your on your drip trays on your whatever. Mark, what, what's the official forum? I one? call them drip trays.
2: But, uh, uh, a the, drip, a drip pan. I, I, I use the the drip uh, pan. Yeah. I use the Reynolds uh heavy duty uh, sorry Alcan heavy duty aluminum foil. Yep. That's Another as well. tip
1: it's nice and thick and you just roll it, it out. Wide, Yes, that's the best part about it. It's wide. You just throw it out, do it and uh it it doesn't af- I was always worried that was going to affect the heat. I'm blocking all the heat from coming up. No, it doesn't. No. <laughs> like and it just saves you from buying new new uh, trays and it just saves you the cleanup. It's so quick and easy. Uh I I can't believe for the last 3 years I have not been doing that.
2: Another tip is to actually use multiple layers of it. So when you get one layer done, you rip that layer off and you just replace it and you always have a fresh pan.
1: Oh, you blew my mind, Mark. That's genius. Like, I I can't (laughs) believe I hadn't thought of that. Um, Now, tomorrow morning, I'll be out there laying multiple layers of tinfoil down on my smoker.
0: Brian says he does crockpot pulled pork, but have a stone block to drain the fat away from the meat. That makes sense too.
1: Yeah. It's a good, Yeah. yeah, it's interesting.
0: No, I think there's some good, again, I think this is one of those things where it takes some, it just takes some practice and there's no wrong answer on this, right? And one of the things is, you know, I want to emphasize again, some of these cuts of meat can be very economical. If you're going for the fashionable stuff, well, that's going to be more expensive. But if you're going for the cuts of meat that aren't as popular right now, You may go and go to your local meat market, like just kind of every city, just about every city has kind of a meat market in it or something, a store that specializes it and see what's economical. And then go back on the Internet and say, okay, how are people cooking this? Because there will be YouTube videos, right, of how people are cooking this meat. And and it will allow you, you know, for a lot of folks, this is just a tough economical time. Doesn't mean you need to settle for crap. Like you can really
2: still get some good stuff. We just came off Easter and I don't know if you guys get it, but every Easter we get prime rib on sale for like six bucks a pound. Instead of sixteen or twenty bucks a pound, it's six bucks a pound.
0: Right after, right? Right after Easter. Uh, after that? For Easter. We get it oh, for Easter. Okay.
2: So this was a like a three pound single bone prime rib roast that we cooked like a steak. So we reverse seared it. So I smoked it for I wanna say an hour and a half. They got the inside temperature is like 120 degrees, and then I put it caveman style on coals just to finish the outside of it, and then we sliced it up as slices, and it lasted us so a three pound lasted us I think six meals, it was six place uh, six servings. Yeah. So Huge. that was <laughs> oh, so insane. fifteen dollars of meat Canadian for six meals. Yeah.
1: And 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 what that meal right there that you're showing on screen would cost as to go out to like a restaurant and have. It oh, looks it's delicious. $30 or $40 a plate. Yeah, exactly. looks amazing. Yeah. I mean, that's why we've done it. I mean, our, our $13, $14 pulled pork, uh, pork shoulder is what I buy. Yeah. My So I smoked that the other night. My wife and I and my two boys, my boys are little, mind you, two and three years old. Uh, we ate an eighth of it. So that would last eight meals for four people. And we're not even doing it. I'm at home eating it for lunch and dinner, but they're not uh, right there. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, you'd be amazed how much meat you get off of $14 in America in Omaha, Nebraska. um, That's a large,
2: that's a large lasagna pan. And the two pork shoulders filled it to overflowing. So we had a meal for two, there's only two of us in the house. So we had a meal for the first night. We had a meal the second night. My wife made an Asian noodle meal with it last night. I had it again for today. And then she packaged everything up in half pound bags and put it in the freezer. And we have another, I want to
1: say eight meals out of it, 10 meals out of it. And and that I would call, I don't know, Mark, if you agree, I think the pork shoulder is probably like the intro easiest, best thing to cook if you are first smoking. Put it on, let it go, put a thermometer in there when it hits, whatever temperature we prefer. I prefer 203. I think Mark said 205. Uh, Pull it off. Like you can get fancy with it. You can spray it with apple saw or uh, apple juice. You can do a bunch of stuff. But I don't do anything. I, I don't either. A, I put, that's it, the on one there, thing I put it on there. I put on. It tastes about it. amazing, right? Dude. You rub it down, and then once you put it on, easiest thing you'll ever cook. Best way to impress your wife with your new expensive smoker purchase: make her a pork butt. Because then she's be like, "Oh man, that was so worth the money you just spent on that new grill." And then you can buy another one. I'm still working on that point mark i need to get some tips from you on how to convince the wife i need a second one so you don't tell her
2: you buy it let's
1: talk okay. <laughs>
0: through this let's talk through this really quick because this is one of the things i've been learning right so pick up pork shoulder we had two the last time we did this i put a dry rub on it mark what do you what do you like when you're prepping it i just kind of use salt and pepper and some garlic and some onion powder and you kind of just i went to the spice cabinet and picked out things that i thought were good but when you think about a dry rub for a pork shoulder what would you? What would you throw on it?
2: There's a recipe called Magic Dust, and it is the. Um, and if you don't speak Canadian,
0: he said Magic Dust.
2: Sorry, <laughs> just sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Canadian too. If, if you, you didn't
1: understand that, he said sorry.
2: <laughs> Boot. <laughs> there you go. Magic Dust <laughs> barbecue oh, seasoning. It. Just Google that, and that is a phenomenal basic. Homemade barbecue rub. So just slather the, the the ribs or the pork shoulder and mustard. Yes, put that over top of the stuff. Let it sit there for a night. Put it on next day.
1: And some people, I mean, even have like they question like mustard. Like what? It's a binding agent. That's all it is. You will not taste the mustard. Mustard is literally just a little bit goes a long way.
0: Yeah, squirt some mustard.
1: Like it. I like rub it down in your with your hands. Right, rub the whole pork butt down sprinkle this magic dust barbecue seasoning, or you know what, if you want to make it easier, go to your just local store and get some sort of uh, rub. I use, I go to, there's a place in Omaha called the hub helping you barbecue. This guy is a professional world-class smoker. He has the best stuff. And I just I'm like, you know what? It's, it's easier for me to go there and trust him. And he always is suggesting recipes for me. When I go in there, it's more of a lesson in how to smoke something new than it really is me buying anything. I just go in there to buy stuff to support the guy because he gives me so many awesome recipes. Um, Here's so another rub one. Rub that like. down and then put it on there and go.
2: Stucco Busters is pretty good. That's what we did last time. Um, they have one called SPG that I put on my pork ribs last yeah. time. And they're phenomenal. Yeah, you I put like it on that. my. You said is that, is that before. Yeah. You said that before. Yeah, beef and pork yeah. is fantastic. But I used their pork rib. Actually, it's is right there. Um, Mark, do you rub your stuff.
1: ribs down with mustard too? I usually just go straight. Um, I don't I don't do the binding agent on on ribs, should I?
2: I do well first let's get the skin skin no skin issue out of the way.
1: You need to take the back skin
2: off. You pull the skin off, and the secret yes. to pulling skin off ribs is you use a piece of paper towel. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh,
1: whoa. Okay. So I have I have the oh, hardest time getting that back thing off. It does not come off easy for me. Okay, Maybe I'm so- getting bad cuts of meat from uh vee which I probably am. I haven't invested in nice ribs lately. But uh, I cannot get that that back skin off.
0: Mike, if you want to see a good video, so Stephen Reichlin does. A, he has a couple videos on ribs, and just just you know Google them on on YouTube. Just go out and search on YouTube Stephen Reichlin, and he will show you. Go in there, grab like like Mark said, grab that paper towel. It'll just pull that right off.
1: And that would save you me can, so much time. I spent can, so much time trying to get that that skin off. You
0: can ask the butcher to do it too. If you're in a it's, if you're in a meat place okay i can ask them to take it off
1: but it's so, amazing no. how many people i uh to start off didn't know that was a thing yeah you yeah, buy yeah. ribs you think i just put these on the smoker i just do it make sure you're pulling off that back skin it's on the bone side if you guys have never right. done it before right and, and you're pulling off this almost layer of skin that will end up super crusty and disgusting after you have smoked it uh so it's definitely important to get off. By
0: the way, I think mustard is the best kept secret in in grilling. In a lot of ways, it adds such a unique flavor to a lot of the things that you're doing, and and it's just not a bad it's it's just not a bad thing to start with. But okay,
2: hold on, let's go back. So dry rub, so pork shoulder, yeah, so dry rub. Back one second further. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, If I'm doing ribs, if I use something like magic dust, I'll use mustard as a base. Okay. If I'm using SPG, I don't. I just okay. with SPG, I just sprinkle it right on the ribs, and I was done. Yeah, what's the so, difference there? It's a flavor profile. There is okay. a bit of a flavor that comes from the, the mustard is tangy. Uh, salt, pepper, garlic isn't tangy, so I don't tend to put them on it. But then yeah, with the salt, pepper, garlic, I sprinkle, I sort of splash it with lemon juice before I serve them. So you got the salt, pepper, garlic, and a bit of lemon juice on the ribs when you are serving them that way. Um, but if I am doing like a, a a traditional style rub with ribs, I'll put mustard on them. Um, so. Magic Dust—that was the first stuff I ever made. Um, you can see from the ingredients, it's got a—it's got a fairly simple list of ingredients: paprika, salt, sugar, mustard powder, which can make it hotter or less hot, chili powder, cumin, black pepper, granulated garlic, and cayenne. Uh, real simple. Use those ratios. Put them in a shaker, and you, and you're good to go. Um, and it keeps for a while. So. Rub it down with mustard. Rub it down with the rub. Let it sit there overnight. Throw it in the smoker the next day. And and I think a lot of people are familiar
0: with mustard. That yellow mustard. We're talking a little, little bit about the chat. You know the cheapest yellow mustard. You get. The
2: French's mustard. That's not what we're talking. Like this is
0: mustard decent. powder. This is English yeah,
2: mustard powder. Right. But, uh, let me just say this though.
0: Oh like, shoot! You
1: Wait. can do mustard. Seriously, I've been doing this wrong the entire time. You well, no, the,
2: the rub is yellow mustard, but okay. the mustard powder here is is King's mustard.
1: <laughs> got it. Okay, just making sure that the, the binding agent was still our standard yellow cheap mustard. Yes. Got it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, but
0: but Mike, I would say, I would say it's the better quality mustard you can get even for the binder, the the better flavor you're going to get. Like I'm a I'm a I think it changes things. And that that yellow kind of the cheap yellow mustard is not does not taste very good to me. I'm not a big fan of it. But we've gotten some more expensive, some just better flavored mustards. And we do it kind of with our fish and some of those other things. And, man, grilling that with low and slow with that kind of mustard, wow. I mean, if you ever, I think, if you ever want to add instant flavor to something, just get a really good mustard and put it on there. And this is pre. Like, this is pre with it. Not, I'm not talking about squirting it on your hot dog when you're done. That's a whole different thing. I'm talking about on the pre-grill. Okay, so we got some dry rubs. We got some things, Mark. We've we've now covered this with something. Do I have to? If I had a pork shoulder, could I could I just throw that thing on there, or do yeah. is do I really do I really need a dry rub to 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 make it work?
2: I've never honestly tried roasting a, a roast or pork shoulder with no rub.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I know you've,
2: you. I know you don't, but could you? I don't know. I'm, okay. it, <laughs> it, it, the other thing about barbecue is it's always fun to experiment, right? Yeah, you could yeah. always grab like. Uh, for some reason, right now, we seem to be getting them as sort of two roasts instead of one larger one. Yeah. So, next time, just grab two of them and coat and, uh, yeah. one and yeah. don't quote yeah. the other. Don't,
1: and, don't. And, and that's the one thing I'll say. Mark said something really important way on early in the show, which was uh, barbecue is meant to make really tough, cheap cuts of meat really good, right? Because low and slow kind of tenderize them, makes it taste really good. That's the best part about barbecue. You reach the temp you're supposed to reach. Uh, the lower, the slower, probably the probably the more tender and better it's going to be experiment uh, to your heart's desire with that. Uh, Um, Number one, that ends up with bad cooks like I've done, right? Sometimes it's bad and do them for yourself, do them for yourself and your wife, where your wife will just laugh at you and make fun of you for something like that. And, but, but with that, I think you'll get a lot better. Once I started getting a lot less, um, I was so uppity about, smoking like oh this this has got to be really good once I got used to well hey this might not turn out it ended up a lot better because the experimentation I think Marcano for you has been probably the best learning process for me and how certain stuff tastes
2: I, I've tried so many different variations on um, ABTs or, or stuffed jalapenos or atomic buffalo turds whatever you want to call them <laughs> um, atomic I've,
1: I've buffalo turds is my favorite I've never heard that but that's awesome you never had those <laughs> I've never heard that no no, I haven't.
2: They're, they're half jalapenos that you stuff with cream cheese and cheddar cheese and spices and sausage and then wrap them in bacon and put them on until the sausage is crisp. That sounds so good. So I've tried that with that recipe. I've tried it with um, pepperette sticks in it. I've tried it with chocolate and peanut butter. I've tried it with cream cheese and steak. Um, and it's just, a, it's just, you play around with it. You just have fun with it. I tried yeah. doing it with habaneros instead of jalapenos. Uh, it's just, you try. I tried it out with parmesan and pepperettes. That was a different one too.
1: So this is how you get to Mark's level: is you experiment. No <laughs> one, key? no one's ending up with the pictures he has here no. that you're seeing on screen yeah. without experimenting a little bit and knowing what works. With
0: I did. I bought some extra thick cut bacon the other day. I mean, like super thick, like like eight strips in a pack. Like the whole <laughs> like, pig was there. Basically the pork belly. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was basically the pork belly. And um, so I took the frog mats. This is something Mike Howard had me buy a couple years ago, right? These silicon frog mats, you know, they're they're kind of they're kind of gridded, you know, about a half inch by a half inch. You can throw them on your grill. You can cook fish on them or vegetables or whatever. And I just took um so I to put the mat down and then I took a uh, a piece of tin foil and made a little boat, like a little flat boat, just brought the corners up and you know how you bake how you bake bacon in the oven for 45 minutes and it gets it stays really flat and really crisp and it's a great way to do it and the fat just kind of lives in that we do it in a in a cookie sheet and then we put tin foil on it so we don't have to you know we can get that grease out of there did that on the grill in those frog mats and oh man that was great still about the same time 35 40 minutes
1: really? what temperature uh pretty high pretty high. Okay. so we're at 3
0: 325 that sounds 325. really good and yeah, you're I'm laying the
1: cookie, cookie sheet, cookie yeah. sheet, just straight on the grill.
0: Straight, on. I'm just laying them. I'm, I'm, okay. It's on a frog mat on a on a tin foil kind of boat, so to speak. It's you know I bring the edges up right. to keep the bacon grease from dripping off and catching fire. But oh my god, it was so good. My neighbors were just, I was driving
2: them nuts. They're like, "What
1: are you cooking over
2: there, Mike?" You gotta try doing bacon on your on your uh, Green Mountain.
1: I I do. I've never done it. Okay, so so. What Jim said, Mark. You'll take it. Like compare it on my green mountain. Anything I need to do differently than what he did?
2: Put it on the grill because we have a drip pan. You just put it on the grill and let the let the grease run off of
1: it because there's not gonna be any flame up. Right, there's not flame up. Right. You God. want to take it one step further. And what temperature what the... are you usually doing at that, Mark? On on the. I'm trying to remember
2: if I'm cook if I'm cooking like uh, the ABTs. I'm cooking around 250. If I do Scotch eggs, I will do the same thing. So I do Scotch eggs, which are hard-boiled egg wrapped in sausage meat, wrapped in bacon, and then smoked.
1: It's it pretty much turns into to, <laughs> I mean, jerky at that point, right? If you did it it's, long enough, it almost be thin slices. About an of hour. Turkey. It's about an yeah oh, but, yeah, yeah. It, it turns wonderful and crispy and smoky. I'm making breakfast tomorrow. It's it's I need to go to I'll go to High V. They're 24 hours still. I'll go there after the show. i you're, go,
2: you're gonna go there. You got to do are they I'm still 24? Sure
1: Well, because, okay, Mark, we can't can't get past this show, and I I actually sadly have a hard stop tonight in about seven minutes, but I want to hear about your other, okay, besides meat, you have done potatoes, you have done so much other stuff. Tell us about some of your other cooks that have, I mean, your potato mix, maybe that has meat in it, but it looks so good. What other things can we do with a smoker besides just our traditional meats that we always know about? I'm
2: trying to find, there it is right there.
1: I see the advertisements, by the way, for like Green Mountain Traeger, and they have like they have all sorts of stuff in their grill when they open. I'm like, okay, honestly, I've never cooked anything besides meat in my in my smoker. We've done well. If I'm gonna do higher heat stuff, I use
2: I typically use my my Weber. I don't usually my use my smoker for the other stuff. You can do it, but okay. but we've done bread, we've done cookies. Um, this was a a potato and veggie bake, so it had uh, Oktoberfest sausage, potatoes, carrots, onions. Um, olive oil, put it on there for like an hour and that was it. It was like, my wife right now isn't working, she's off because of COVID so I am still working, so it's sort of the opposite of gym, where she's at home all the time making stuff, so now she looks after <laughs> dinner but then it comes to the barbecue side, I actually go upstairs and do it. Yeah. Um, but this was something that she prepped, I came upstairs and tossed it in the smoker and, and we had it uh, like an hour and ten minutes I think to cook it Um, at 3.75. Wow. Um. Looks but,
0: delicious. <laughs> and by the way, let me let me just say this: There's some conversation going on about our arteries right now in the chat room, and and I appreciate that. But by the way, you can do this straight vegetarian. So the other night we did some zucchini and onions. You can throw some carrots in there. Roast the potatoes. Put it on the grill. Add some, you know, add some thyme or some, you know, whatever you like, parsley. Put that on there and let that let those vegetables, especially like maybe on one of those frog mats. Make sure your onions are are good size. You don't want to get them too thin because they'll fall in. Man, you can get maybe add a little bit of olive oil to that. You can grill, or or yeah, you can grill or even
2: smoke vegetables and still have a really good meal. The, the pulled you, so. pork and the brisket are, are sorry, pulled pork and the jerky are very lean, right? right cuz you've rendered all the fat out of it you rendered all the fat or. out but there is ways to do this mark i mean
0: for for folks who want to eat a little healthier or at least the appearance that they're eating healthier you we do almost all of our bell peppers. We do all our zucchini. Yep. We do our onions, smoked there's, salsa. Uh, take we have that pampered chef tool that will that will dice for you. You know, get a couple get a couple things of garlic and put those
2: in and spread that in there.
1: Yeah, and like we, yeah.
2: And we get we get broccoli. more than just red meat on our plates too. Like there's right. some fresh veggies and some potatoes. <laughs> right.
1: Well, it's funny you joke about that. That's been the joke between my wife and I. She's like, you do a really good job making great meat. I really wish you could take care of the sides as well. Yeah. Like, because I'm always like, Okay, I made the meat, I'm done. And she's like, Okay, what do I make for the sides? Like potatoes or what so learning how to do all that stuff. If I could find easy recipes for that sort yeah. of things, that would be huge for my meal prep and and eliminating really hurting because my whole goal of barbecuing is saying, babe, like take the night off from cooking. Like yeah. she does so much of the cooking around here, it's it's me really giving her a break. Oh, wow, okay. Is that bacon wrapped over lettuce? Cabbage. You have to explain this one. This looks delicious too. But, uh, you know, I'm also very, very much interested in, in eating that. <laughs> there
2: was some, I found a recipe somewhere for a, a bacon wrapped cabbage where you core it out and you stuff the inside, I think, with butter and spices and you wrap the outside with bacon and you roast it. And yeah, we started, it's it was around that. Uh,
1: Can you beat it? I don't, I don't know. That looks delicious though.
2: It was St. Patty's Day. So we did that with a corned beef. Oh, there you go. Okay. So, Mike, next time you're
0: grilling, like you're doing a steak, get some. Get some broccoli.
1: The problem yeah. is I don't grill too many steaks because of the fact that I only have the Green Mountain. So that's why I need a gas grill. Yeah, can you need be Weber. Anything, can be anything.
0: You, you do need to get charcoal Weber. Hey, everyone's Mark's been saying gonna, that. I'm I too late for that. Maybe you, you and what? I can get matching Weber. Too
1: late for a charcoal. Uh, it takes as much time as it does for gas. Uh, and the- I don't know if I. You think I,
2: I've, I had one, and I'm not allowed to have another gas grill now because of it. Really? My wife won't let another gas grill in the house because she doesn't like the taste of the food it's on so that good. versus the charcoal.
1: It's so good; like charcoal's so amazing. amazing. You do, do these? I, I, I could be down for that. Yeah, it's yeah, also we'll, one more thing. My wife, because my wife's already out there using my tiny little camper gas grill, and she's really good at it. I'm like, dang it! Now she's better at me than that. Mm-hmm. So maybe if I do charcoal, it's it's an extra step she won't be willing to take. Yeah. So nice you reverse sear,
2: reverse sear some steaks. mistakes. You get some nice thick steaks or a nice roast. You reverse sear it, so you smoke it to one twenty, you toss it on top of the coals. Like this is the where we're getting ready to do some steaks. And you're saying
1: on the coals, not on top of a grate. You're saying
2: on the coals? I do both. So the that's one called is caveman. The, it's caveman, caveman style. style. I, I understand
1: caveman it. style is usually just straight on the coals. I just want to make sure that's, right that's right what it. you mean, right? Yeah. Like yep. right
0: I reverse seared thing. it. It's weird. You don't think it's gonna work, but it's so good.
2: Elton yeah. Brown okay. was the guy who showed it to me. Yeah.
1: And how long are you keeping it on those coals?
2: Uh, about a minute total. The oh, trick so to it, from
1: which side, just get it on, and get it off. Yep.
2: Yeah, so it's already cooked, right? It's like sous vide. So you're you're already getting the whole meat up to 120 degrees, and you're just charring the outside.
1: So You're almost doing it for texture, taste on the outside, than you really are for internal temp.
2: Yeah. See, the, yeah. there's a there's a terminology for it. Um, it starts in M, and I can't remember the name, of it. Uh, but it's it's making that caramelization on the outside of the meat. So you you cook basically get the whole steak up to a reasonable temperature, and then you literally toss the thing onto, onto the coals to finish it off. Yep. So that was New Year's Eve when I was doing it. That um,
0: so yeah, you got to try it. It's it's amazing. I okay. think it's, right, it's going to come off with coals and stuff attached that's to it? That's what I would it. think, and, yeah. No, so know, now I
1: on. need to get a Weber with charcoal yeah. on it. That's what and my dad used it. to cook on. Honestly, like, mm-hmm. that's what I grew up on. The know. whole um, secret
2: is this silver cylinder in the middle of the grill. 15 minutes, and you have your coals ready.
1: Wait, so like okay, so we are doing this, the, that cylinder, cooking it or like getting the coals ready, and then you're pouring them into the weber, yeah, starting them inside the weber.
0: And you don't right.
2: use lighter fluid, got it, correct? Yeah, got
0: it. Little got paper it. underneath, light it, it'll light the, it'll go up in a chimney, it'll light the, the, the charcoal. Yep. Then when it gets hot, 15 minutes, turn it over and just pour it in there. You can, that way you can pour it anywhere you want. You can do indirect that way, you can pour it in a corner, got you it. can you're not, even, you're not
1: limiting yourself to where you initially put it.
0: Correct. Got you can it. Spread okay. them out. You can kind of do it that way. And then in this case, like with these, you'd put them in a section, level them out, take the meat, put it right on the on the on the on the. Uh, tri- I have
1: so many lessons I'm going to take into this weekend. Sadly, guys, I do. I have a hard cutoff. You're I'm sorry. Mike. Right now, but uh, man, I'm going to follow up next week because I have a bunch of recipes I'm going to take in. Uh, Mark gave me some ones for for my beef that I tried to cook last week that I think my wife would like a lot. Better. So uh, we're going to be doing a lot of barbecuing the next few weeks. So I'll be giving you guys updates. Uh, Mark, always good seeing you. Uh, see I'll you, you
0: see you, Mike. Thanks for coming yeah. in, man. See you next week. The uh, the recipe I was going to give him uh, on the broccoli super easy. Don't need a grill for it. So take a cookie sheet, put some tin foil on it, cut your broccoli up into just little little chunks, throw that on there, grate some ginger, throw it over the top of that, salt and pepper it, put it in the oven at 400 for 20 minutes and you get baked broccoli i never that was a hello fresh find i never thought of baking broccoli we always steamed it and it was always awful it was wet and slimy and gross And cooking broccoli changed everything like it's like
2: oh my god this is great so the three things you can do that with um broccoli cauliflower and brussels sprouts
1: yeah. Carrots um, too. You can kind of do that with carrots.
2: Yeah. And the other thing we do instead of using ginger, we use um parmesan. Yeah. So you yep. use olive oil and parmesan and bake it. Yeah. And we used to do that all the time. Cause I I don't like I'm the same way. I'd rather have raw raw uh vegetables than I would boiled. Yeah, yeah steamed. Or even steamed. Yeah. We would do all we'd
0: go through all kinds of gyrations to steam these and get them just right. And they just always be mushy and kind of ugh. HelloFresh got, got us baking those, and, um, and you, can, you can get all kinds of recipes on the internet for baked broccoli. I just never thought of doing it that way, and it was super delicious. You can have your broccoli going, so you get you know, 20 minutes out off the grill. You can throw these in the oven and they'll come out fresh and ready to go for you. For and I'm I'm a big steak and broccoli fan. That's just that's kind of my those are my two favorites to kind of pair together with a red wine. And I, I'm pretty much d- maybe a cigar at the end. Mushrooms. And uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, some sautéed. Yeah. Have you? So, like, let's just talk about sautéed mushrooms really quick. Have you done it? So I have a I have a pan for my grill that I can put in the grill and get really hot. Have you just done that on the grill where you throw the, throw the mushrooms in there and add some stuff to them and just
2: kind of saute them with the meat? I've done mushrooms. Uh, I think, oh, the burger doesn't have it. Um, we get the big portobello heads, the ones that are about four inches in diameter, and we'll take those, take the, the stem out of it, drizzle olive oil on top of it and, and put steak spice on top of it and then put those on the grill with the veins up and cook them for about 20 minutes and all the juice from the mushroom comes into the veins Mm. and then put those put a burger on top of that Mm. but we used to have Mm. those with steaks just portobello mushrooms on the side of the steak Mm. but i do have a a wok for my uh weber that i've used yeah but those we used to do those portobello all the time if we're having a steak we'd have a portobello beside it
0: yeah One of the things that's been interesting, Mark, during this time, this crisis that we're in, is when I go to the grocery store and I haven't been in three weeks. So I, I, this was two, this was three weeks ago, but like all the fresh produce was packed. Like we could have, in that time, I could have gotten anything. We were buying fresh celery, we were buying fresh fruits. They were all there. I don't know what it's like now, but it, it is one of those things. You know, everybody made a run on, of course, stuff that would be around for a while. Man, we, we had some of the best fresh vegetables we've ever had. And then the other thing, Sammy's gotten really my daughter. She's gotten really um, kind of uh, cookie-ish in this cooking-ish. And we made our own vegetable stock this week. So all the fresh stuff that we've gotten in, either HelloFresh or we've bought, we've put in a bag, throw it in the freezer. And she spent some time on Friday just boiling, you know, just cooking that up for a couple hours, adding some stuff to it. And then we got two gallons of... Vegetable stock. Out. Freeze it. Yeah. we No, it's in, it's in the freezer. So it's yeah. frozen in the freezer. We're also going to, and here's what I want to ask you before we kind of wrap this thing up, is I've got a whole chicken. Actually, I have two whole chickens that I bought. By the way, they're like six bucks. Yeah. I mean, they're not very expensive, right? Two whole chickens. I want to put that on the grill for a day. And I, that's one of those kind of things I want to put on at seven in the morning and let it go for hours. Like it. You know, 185, 200, 225, something like that. Do I need to do, I've done turkeys, but for, what would, what kind of advice would you give me on a whole chicken? I, by the way, I bought that. We talked about that a couple of years ago. I bought
2: that, that roaster. roaster. Yes. Do I use that or do
0: I, so what do I do?
2: What what kind of advice would you give me? There's two different ways you can do it. You can do it on the roaster, which I still love. Uh, you can also spatchcock spatch, it. And that's cutting you, it down the center and yeah, opening you, it up. You basically rip the, you cut the backbone out of it. And you break its back, it break the front of it, rib cage, and then you put it flat. It allows it to cook better because it's it's more consistent across the whole thing. Um, but the other part of it is cook to temperature. Cook it till it's just at the safe temperature. So I think chicken's 165 Fahrenheit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you let it go for longer, you're gonna find it probably dried out and tough. Okay. So chicken's one of those things. I put my thermometer into it and get it as soon as I hit 163. I'm looking at pulling the thing off. Okay. Because I want to get it off as soon as it can. To yeah. get, juicy. Yeah. I, I am kind of looking at, we, we want
0: to make some, some chicken stock off of it. So I do want to get it kind of roasted to the, to the temperature where it does begin to separate from the bones so that we get much, much meat. I, I'd always, I always hate that when I'm eat chicken and it kind of sticks to it. I'd
2: rather it just kind of fall off. Well, the that. other thing is talking to, a, I, I used to take a lot of cooking classes with a chef um, that was at the barbecue store. Uh, the barbecue store went out of business now, so the classes are dried up. But his way of doing it was, he said, you never want to make stock from cooked chicken. Mm. You want to debone the chicken, cook the breasts and cook the legs and cook everything else, oh. and toss the raw uh, carcass into the stock okay. pot. Okay. All right. That's more work, and it's yeah. harder because it's easier to pull meat off when it's done. Right. But he said it, it gives you a lot better chicken stock flavor. Okay. Well, that's good. good to know. That's that's really good. Yeah, I was I was gonna get lazy with it and roast
0: that thing for a while and then let it kind of fall apart and then take the kind of the pieces that
2: are left after we take what we want and make chicken stock out of it. But that kind of makes sense. What I usually do is I'll cook them up. I think I'm not sure if I have a picture of it or not, but I, I'll do I'll buy a couple of chickens when they're on sale and they're like seven dollars a chicken. Yeah. Um, cook them up on the on the smoker at three fifty until they're one sixty five. Pull them off, let them cool down a bit, then throw my gloves on and you rip all the meat off of it. Right. And we'll process, we'll sort of process all the meat. So we have a big bowl of of chicken meat. Yeah. When it's actually able to, when you're actually able to handle it. Right. And then again, that's kind of what
0: I'm thinking of doing is, is starting it in the morning, letting it get up to temperature, probably by lunch or after lunch. It's probably up to temperature, pull it off, wrap it and let it rest. And then in the evening, start pulling it apart, and I and I figured that would give us probably a couple meals out of that. Yeah. Uh, f- uh, for us, and and then we could do a variety. You know, we could kind of process it: dark meat, breast meat, you know,
2: the the other pieces, and then uh, make a few. We could probably make a few things out of that. We just toss it into one big whole big bowl. We don't yeah. even bother separating it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We pull the meat off the legs and meat off the wings and right. breasts and right. Yeah. And then it's, uh we get, like, we'll we'll find that we start using it for, like, an Asian noodle salad, and then we'll start using it for uh, a chicken omelet or a chicken and broccoli omelet or a quiche. Or, mm-hmm. And then we start freezing whatever's left. Yeah. No, I think it's
0: good. Uh, Ken, and I hadn't thought about this. I always do my turkeys whole, but he said, spatchcocking turkey on the acorn for Thanksgiving. Yum. I never thought about that. That'd be some work to spatchcock a turkey, don't you think?
2: No, they're not that bad. Okay. Not that, it's not that hard to actually get the bones out. It, it was amazingly easy with a sharp knife or with a pair of scissors. Okay. yeah. But to... I think Ken bought a, a, an acorn after one of our first uh, <laughs> barbecue shows. And I still love my acorn. I still have it. I, I can't ever see getting rid of it until it falls apart. But I've had it, I want to say, six or seven years now. And the thing still goes. And I'm actually looking at buying a, a stainless steel grill for it because I don't want to reseason my cast iron every time I do pizzas or steaks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Mark, anything else you wanted to share that we might have missed on, on this?
2: I don't think so. Oh, actually, there was. Um, yeah. By the I, way, bacon rack re- cabbage? Are you kidding me? That <laughs> <laughs> was good. It was really good. This might. Me? This might be one of my next purchases if I can find one. Um, so this is. The benefits of a pellet smoker being it's computer-controlled, but the beauty of charcoal being that it's a gravity-fed charcoal grill, mm. and it's getting a lot of attention. So these gravity-fed charcoal things have been around for a while. This one's actually a computer-controlled one, so there's no messing around with it. Masterbuilt
0: is the name of this? Yeah. Okay.
2: Uh, it's getting great reviews. Like It's got 4.6 on their own site out of 82, but it's actually getting good reviews on people's reviewing sites also. So it works in a similar principle to a pellet grill, where it actually has a uh, a charcoal feed and a fan instead of pellets and a fan, um, and then you can put wood chunks on top of it to get the extra flavor. And when you're done, you shut down the vents and the thing goes away. Yeah. So huh? it's uh, a
0: it's a nice play on on
2: um you know fed auger fed and yeah just, use, just using charcoal right. Well, did and, they, and the gravity they
0: require special charcoal.
2: Nope, it? just okay. lumpen, lump and lumper briquettes. A yep. gravity-fed, uh, a t- typical gravity-fed cabinet-style smoker is about two thousand bucks, and these things are selling for four, five hundred dollars. So, Masterbuilt's always known to be a bit of a, a lower-end grill. Oh, but okay,
0: um, yeah. It, good reviews so far.
2: They're getting great reviews, and Weber, who is thought of as one of the top makers of grills, with their pellet grill is getting absolutely slammed. Mm. There are people returning them before they even got delivery of them because they're having fires on them. Hmm. they uh, they came out with with a brand new they had a huge uh, product launch um, the reviewers were reviewing them live and they were having fires numerous people were having fires with them and people started returning to the store before they even took delivery so it's uh it's funny how the market can go sometimes yeah,
0: no, right on you know you, you just never know um you know and i'm I have an old like I said, I think I bought mine we, we bought our first house in 96 and I bought a sunbeam grill just so we'd have a grill. It was 140 bucks at Walmart, maybe, and I just wanted a grill. You know, I got, I, I got the cheapest, not the cheapest, but pretty close. And I've retrofitted that thing with cast iron grates, and I've put cast iron burners in there, and I've tried different kind of deflectors. I've talked... I've, I've messed around with different kind of rock just to kind of get yeah, what a lot I love rock
2: and the pallet things. And the,
0: yeah, no, I just, just kind of messed around with it each time to give it a little bit of different. It's, it's, I've, it's had so much heat in the, uh, in it, it started to bow out. So I've had to get, I had to run a bolt through it and screw. I mean, like I have gotten all a hundred and whatever I paid for this thing of, of, you know, of, of value out of it, but it pulled it back together. Um, One of the things now, after we're talking about this, Mark, I have heat deflectors all the way across and it really doesn't make it an effective grill anymore. Like it's really hard for me to sear on that thing because it's deflecting the heat so evenly and I'm I'm getting, it's warming up to a certain temperature, but I'm not getting that searing that I want at times. And now that I'm, now we're talking about this, maybe I'll switch one side to have the deflectors. The other side to be open and then that it gives me the ability to do some direct or indirect. I mean, whenever it's not big enough, I would do large volumes on it, but it would give me an opportunity for the way we cook to have that flexibility to do indirect and direct or both or right. I mean, because it's it it just gives me
2: some options. Or it could just be good excuse to buy a rubber.
0: (laughs) You're going to. You are going I'm going to get one. You're, I, I am going to get a Weber just for you. And, uh, and, and I'll have that. I keep looking it's such maybe, a, maybe
2: this spring. It's such a great tool slash toy, right? It's so versatile. Um, one thing that popped up in discord this week is how many of the people on the group actually are smoking, on um, yeah. one form or another. We have people on weather, uh, Weber smoking mountains. We have people on weather, Weber 22 inch kettles that were doing smoking, um, I know Brian Iyer's got a, a massive uh, smoker. Um, I think it's about seven or eight people in that group now that actually have them yeah. or are doing smoking on something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and I'm smoking on this. I mean, I've figured out how to do it. How it's taken practice, but I'm figuring out how to smoke on my on this Sunbeam grill that's not traditionally would not be a smoker with the with that amazing tube and and figuring the right place to put it and how it needs to work and how much I can do and where does the meat need to go. So it can be done. You don't have to the the current grill that you have. You may be able to get some some I think that amazing smoking tube is $15. The yeah. ro, the the you you talked me into that chicken um chicken uh, roaster. Uh, the roaster. Rubber chicken roaster. Yeah, I I think it was 30 40 bucks. It wasn't very much. Yeah. Uh, we have it. I haven't used it as much, but, but maybe I need to pull it out for this um for these for these turkey or these chickens that I have. So, it doesn't have to be you know, I started looking at the Tragers. I started looking at you know all the stuff you guys talk about, and it was just it was tough for me to stomach a four, three, four, five hundred dollar investment. Some of these are a thousand, right? Yeah. And I was like, ah, uh. but for those for the for the average guy who wants to be a little more economical, you totally can do this on your grill. It's just you got to know it.
2: You got to know you, it. You got to play with it. I, yeah. I bought a Napoleon charcoal grill. Um, it wasn't a lot of money. It was two hundred bucks U.S uh bought it assembled it tried playing with it i couldn't control the heat at all it had manufacturing issues with it i tr- I took it back to the store i bought a weber same price like 200 bucks is, is less than you'll pay for a lot of gas grills and you can do high heat you can do offset you can do i love doing chicken wings on it when you're doing an offset um you can do rotisserie you can do pizzas on them you can do bread on them it's getting back into using charcoal again, which is a little different, but it's it's, um, it's something that you can play with and learn with. Yeah. Or you can do it through your grill. Like I, I tried doing ribs with my, before I started getting into charcoal, I did a lot of ribs on my gas grill. Um, and I got frustrated with it because I was losing too much heat at the back and I would jam the, the, the back vent with tinfoil. And then at one point I got my first charcoal grill. And then I want another one. My wife says, well, you have to get rid of your gas. You have to get rid of another grill to get a second grill. So I got rid of <laughs> my gas. And then somehow I stuck the other three in. So now I have three, uh, a four grills and a pizza oven. Yeah. But you use
0: them all the time, right? Yes. You use them yeah. all the time.
2: Yeah. It's a good, it's a good story. You know,
0: uh, earlier in the show, someone said I was a little quiet on the mic. I think I was struggling a little bit with that uh, earlier in the show. I just realized I had the audio... Uh, processing enabled on StreamYard. I think I was testing that for somebody. (laughs) I forgot to turn it off. Hopefully, my audio has gotten a little bit better. Hopefully, people could hear me uh, tonight, and actually, we'll fix that in the podcast, so it won't even matter. Mark, thanks for, uh, thanks for jumping in with us tonight. It's always great. Like, I always, uh, this... Tonight hasn't costed me any money just yet, yet. so to speak, yet. <laughs> yet. Uh, it almost always did. There was a couple of shows where I actually bought stuff right online. And, um, you know, it. it, it and don't get me wrong. The last year I've been looking around, you know, every store I go into that has grills. It, it, and, and I had been eyeing, I've been waiting for, so Target sells some really nice um, Weber's that are the the kinds you like, you know, with the, with the, um, for the charcoal at the bottom, the charcoal the catch, receptor. The catch, yeah. The
2: catch pan, the catch
0: receptacle, yeah, 22 yeah. inch or whatever it is. And I've been waiting for those. And twice I missed those on clearance at the very end. I was like, yeah, you could pick them up for 99 bucks or whatever on clearance uh, at the end of the season. Maybe this fall will be, uh, will be the opportunity or Craig's list. You keep sending me every, <laughs> every time we do a show for two or three weeks after it, you send me like, Hey, there's a guy over there that's got one. I, I, I went think looking gonna, today. There was none. Yeah. I'm going to, I think I'm going to wait for the recovery a little bit and, uh, and use what I have. But certainly as we pull out of this and, uh, we kind of move into a recovery, um, po- posture for most people, um, uh, very, very option. Are you guys, you guys feeling it pretty bad up there in Canada or is it, is it, um, you feeling pretty good about it?
2: It, it depends on the industry you're in. Um, I was on a, uh, a WebEx a little while ago talking about it, and it was everything from bankers to HR people to high tech. I work in the, the water and wastewater industry, and we're, we're a supplier and an integrator for that market, so we're still doing okay. Um, from what we've heard, the projects are still going ahead because they're capital investments of infrastructure. They can't not do them. Uh, communities are growing they need to have more fresh water and they need to have more treated water so they have to go ahead with it so we've been um we've been lucky uh the guy that owns a company is a buddy of mine and he's always said he says it's very hard to outsource the creation of water yeah yeah, yes so it's we've lucked into an industry that has to be local Uh, it's also a very service-oriented industry so right um for us we're okay uh some of our suppliers are getting harder to get some products in. Yeah. But most of our suppliers are considered critical infrastructure also. So, so far we're okay. My wife works in the bank and, and she's not working right now because the bank. She works in shut down the mall or the, the mall she works in. got shut yeah, down. The mall by the... Shut down. Yeah. 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 So um, they moved her to another branch, but then that branch ended up getting doubled up with people. So it wasn't right. really safe either. They, they right. had more staff than they did customers yeah. too close. Yeah. 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 So um, she's off, but there's a, just like you guys have. we got big stimulus checks going to everybody.
0: Yeah, and those just came in and they've been coming all week for here in the U.S. They've been coming all week for people. I think I got mine yesterday. And um, unfortunately, I owed in taxes this year about the price about what we got in the stimulus check. Now, hey, listen, I'm not looking at gift horse in the mouth. That basically wiped out what I owed in taxes. And that's never a bad thing. But um, it's been interesting to say the least. And, uh, And of course, you know you might be listening to this show a year or two from now and uh, it's all over hopefully we've made it it's, there's no zombie apocalypse or i keep seeing people like hopefully we'll get the zo- if there is a zombie apocalypse hopefully get the ones from the walking dead and not the ones from uh from uh zombie what's the z um, no the z uh something z um i can't I? it's Brad Pitt is in that one uh, the movie Brad Pitt. It's gonna come up in the chat. Yeah, it will. But um, it, yeah, I, I I can't believe I can't. It's it's just escaping me now. But those zombies can crawl and they're fast. You know, we don't want those. We want the slow ones. Uh, if this is gonna happen, I think we're. I hopefully I think we're gonna be fine. I'll say this again. Uh, if you World are, War Z, World War Z. There it is. If you were, uh, if you're struggling through this, uh, please don't take any of this as, um, you know, extravagant or or over-the-top. We, I was hoping tonight, and one of the things that I asked you, Mark, or in the pre-show was, hey, when you, when we start doing some of this stuff, could it, can it be economical? And you're like, heck, yeah. I mean, and some of the bigger qualities and some of the cuts of meats, it can be very economical. And so maybe this is a way... You know, we're all cutting. We're all trying to figure out how to do this a little bit cheaper. And uh, and hopefully tonight has been a way, by all means, you know, a $1,000 grill might be out of order. But maybe the grill that you have can take some retrofits. And I haven't so, bought a
2: single grill. Other than my inexpensive Weber's, I haven't bought anything new.
0: Everything yeah. I bought, I found used. Yeah. Another way to do it. Another way to do it. And a way to be economical. And in a way to... You know, we didn't even talk about some of the prep and the freezing and being able to, you know, store it for long periods of time or whatever, and uh, and it can be a very um, kind of economical way to do it. Mark, stay around a little bit for some post-show, if you would, and we'll take some, take some questions from folks that are out there. A couple reminders, though, before you go, one, don't forget, I appreciate folks that uh, support us on Patreon. If you go out to TheAverageGuy.tv slash Patreon, we have a $5 plan. We also have some plans if you want to sponsor a leak or write a post. If you're in a business and you want to promote something. Got a couple plans out there if you want to partner with us to get it done. I did, Mark, I got an email from a, you know, one of these marketing folks. It's like, hey, your site could really use some optimization, you know? And I was like, oh, I said, so I went to one of these free, you know, link break, you know, because broken links are a real big problem, right? You you get penalized a lot on your site by Google if you have a lot of broken links. So I went out and I haven't, I don't do any of that stuff. I just post. I haven't gone back. I have 10 years of stuff. Of this kind of stuff, right? 10 years of show notes that Andrew wrote, you know, eight years ago, the f- links that God only knows if they actually work anymore. I had like, I had like, um, like 400 broken links on my site. I was like, oh, maybe this is a project I can do when, you know, a, li- a little bit at a time. Uh, but I More do. Oh, my gosh. It's going to take a while to go down and track uh, track all those broken links that are out there. If you want to join us in our Discord group, TheAverageGuy.tv slash Discord, in the Facebook group, TheAverageGuy.tv slash Facebook, the Discord group, honestly, is just more active right now. We have more channels and there's a, you know, there's a uh, distributed computing and a cigar and Unraid and smart home and hardware. And all that's out there. Barbecue is out there. If you, I'm sure that's going to blow up this week uh, as we're out there talking about it. So, if you want to join us in Discord, TheAverageGuy.tv slash Discord, and that does work now. Don't forget, you can send me an email, Jim at If you want to sponsor anything like the beer, the opening beer, you can do that as well. Just send me an email, and we'll figure out how to get that uh, to you. Rate, subscribe, all that stuff on YouTube. Hit the Like button down there if you would. We app- We appreciate that. That helps us get discovered on YouTube, moves us up a little bit in the rankings. It does matter there. Reviews don't on iTunes, but the the little Like button down there does make a difference. So if you haven't done that, click on that here uh, today. Don't forget the TV platform with web and media hosting, powered by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. Of course, that's Christian, and he does a he does a great job for us. Now they have some redundancy in that network as well. MapleGrovePartners.com plans start as little as $10 a month, and uh, you just get the greatest service ever. MapleGrovePartners.com. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. If you're here for the first time, come back on Thursdays. We do this every Thursday. It's not always barbecue. Next week, Erin uh, Lawrence is with us talking about, she's also from Canada. I don't know what it is about about folks from Canada, Mark. You guys just must be smarter, I think. Uh, and Erin Lawrence is back. We'll have a bunch of her reviews and be talking about it. She's just a great guest, so we, we appreciate her um, coming on as well. The week after that, McCabe is back all about the lawn. So He's this guy, he's gone nutso, I shouldn't say it that way. He's gone crazy on his lawn care. It's really nutso. On his lawn care, and he's got a whole bunch of stuff he's put together. So think of this show with, with barbecue and grilling, two weeks all about the lawn. So and a crossover, because um, he uses thermometers. He does. He does use thermometers to he, he waits just for the right temperature of the soil before he applies. His chemicals and uh, and so we've got that to coming up as well. We are live every Thursday, eight PM Central, nine Eastern, out here at the Average Live. If you're if you're listening live, stay around for a little bit of post show. With that we'll say goodbye. Everybody.